0: Welcome to the Vintage Collection Podcast. I'm Victoria of Victoria's Cantina and the Cantina Chatter Podcast. And it is here that we celebrate the legacy of Hasbro's Star Wars, the Vintage Collection line. Welcome to another episode of the Vintage Collection Podcast. Today it is my honor to talk to Chris from BanthaSkull.com. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, and yourself?
0: I am doing fantastic, thank you. Uh, I think anytime we can take some time out of our daily lives to talk Star Wars, particularly uh, the Vintage Collection, it's not a bad time.
1: Absolutely, that's correct.
0: Totally. So, um, Chris, what do you do through BanthaSkull.com?
1: so we're a traditional website and we cover the news and the uh we try to attend as many hasbro events as we can um for that stuff but our primary focus and our passion is really the you know the photo documenting of the three and three quarter inch figures um we started in 2008 as a website um and we probably didn't get serious with the photography until 2000 2010 when the vintage collection obviously uh came in uh so we're kind of Trying to keep up with the figures that are coming out now, and we're constantly trying to go back and um, document the previous figures. Uh, Most recently, we went through the Saga collection from 2006. Uh Uh, That's a bit of a challenge, obviously, with the, uh, you know, having to source cards for those. Our goal is to basically, at some point, have everything um at least you know through um 2004 forward documented um and the focus of that is kind of why we love the vintage collection three and three quarter inch scale so much it's how those figures belong in the world um and the, the pieces to basically do your re, your scene recreations and dioramas uh-huh. um we have a feature called seen it which is we're trying we're, try, we're continuing to build out where we take the iconic scenes and take the best figures that are represented in that scene and try to put them in together and and you marry up the, um, the film frame to where your figures would go uh, Uh to recreate that scene. And that's really our biggest passion between between, um, Brett and myself.
0: Nice. Yeah. All the, all the work you you guys do is fantastic. Uh, You know, archiving the, uh, like you're saying, the photos of the various releases uh, from the modern line. And uh, I think it's kind of fun to see a lot of those because you know, it's one thing when you do it as they come out, you know, you document, oh, this is the new figure that came out. Here's photos of it. And then, you know, it goes into your archive. But you kind of bring back things uh, on Bantha Skull that haven't been seen in a while. And sometimes you update the reviews and it's always nice to kind of refresh. Oh, yeah, I remember when that figure came out. I remember when I bought it. And, you know, I oh, do I have that figure in my collection? You know, it's just it's always nice to see the old stuff, because I think a lot of this stuff often falls by the wayside or gets forgotten about.
1: it's so funny you mention that because as we're doing this and that's kind of the luxury of you know having to go backwards in time through some of the uh, the lines I'm getting a big kick out of remembering what was going on in the hobby remembering what I was doing at the time when I got those figures and it's making me very nostalgic for those figures Uh, and I'm trying to you know Make sure i source good high quality samples for myself just because of the nostalgia of what was going on even going back in 95 with the power of the force 2 or to the 2003 you know saga line 2002-2003 saga line which we would consider substandard figures by today's standards but the time was a lot of fun and i'm I'm enjoying reminiscing about that
0: yeah back then they were pretty top-notch in fact i remember i think it was the summer of 2003 when they introduced uh, in the Saga line, it was like a Hall of Fame wave that had like Power of the Force 2 repacks. And, yes. You know, just having those side by side with the Saga figures at the time, it was like, wow, what a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about why the vintage collection is so important to you.
1: Well, it's important to me personally because I grew up with the vintage counter line. Um, I, I was there from from the beginning. I had uh, 12 acts. I barely remember it. I can tell you the first two I got was Luke and uh, C-3PO. Uh, so I grew up with the line. That, so it's just a, a, such a strong nostalgia to me. Plus, I just think the, uh, that the Kenner team really perfected the, the graphics on the card. It was just something so striking about the black card uh especially the episode four card or what's kind of being used now is the generic card with the star wars logo and the double racetrack that just stirs something in me um and i love it that's why it's important to me uh nostalgia uh-huh. number one
0: yeah no that's hugely important and i think that's a, that's a good way for us to uh to segue into our topic of conversation uh today which is product packaging for the vintage collection um, and like you mentioned, it's such a timeless aesthetic. Uh, the only other packaging that comes to mind when I think of something that is like like when you see the Star Wars vintage packaging, like to you, that's like Star Wars. To me, that, that feels like Star Wars when you look at it. You know, it's just so classic. The only other packaging that comes to mind when I look when I think of that is like the Jurassic Park Kenner packaging. Right. Um, which you probably know is like the sunset look with the the blacked out palm trees and, you know, just kind of like an ominous feeling, you know, what's coming next. Sort of look, and it just kind of, when I think back to the movie, you know, it's it's like automatically for me, it's connected to the toys, and I think for a lot of people, it's that way with Star Wars too. Is that correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, The uh, I've mentioned this several times, and I've written about it. Is that Uh, the the toys and the movies for Star Wars it's it's just it just completes the circle Um, I don't think one would have had quite the cultural impact without the other I really don't especially again for those of us that you know were were young when those movies were coming out um, with the hiatus between the movies the three-year hiatus between the movies there was no home video so the only way you could could continue the narrative was, was with the toys and that's why they became so special you could continue telling the story you know wait yourself waiting for the next movie to come out three years later
0: yeah, yeah, completely. And I can only imagine what it would have been like to see those those Kenner toys on the on the pegs back, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. I came around a little bit after uh, the, the original trilogy was was uh, over with. But somehow in my collection at home, because, you know, I was always into toys as a kid and, you know, I never let that go. And that's why we're here talking to <laughs> about this stuff. But somehow or another, I had the vintage uh, long which, you know, was really zuckus. Uh, right. And I had a, a Tauntaun, vintage Tauntaun. I don't know how those appeared in my collection. <laughs> I don't know if someone maybe gave them as a gift or what. Or I know my grandmother was, uh, you know, she was big on dinosaurs. And I think that's where I got my part of my love for dinosaurs, which sh- she would always go to like yard sales and, gr- and flea markets and buy me dinosaur toys. And she might have seen that and thought it was a dinosaur. I can only <laughs> speculate. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, it was... I think we had uh, we had the VHS or Return of the Jedi. So that might have been the first one that I had seen. Uh, And then, you know, when they brought back the uh, the trilogy on VHS for the last time ever, as they said back then, um, that's when we, you know, had like the full trilogy for the first time. And that's when Kenner brought back or Hasbro brought back the toys. And that's when I really, really got into it. But, yeah, I can only imagine how amazing it would have been to uh, have experienced, you know, that back then and then now where you have the vintage collection, uh, you know, on the shelves once again.
1: It, it is. It's a great callback to childhood. And it's why, for me, still shopping at brick-and-mortar stores is part of the collecting experience. I know most of us have switched over to online, but uh, there's still nothing for me that replicates the thrill and the sense of nostalgia than going into the store and finding the new a new figure. There's nothing better than that to me.
0: Amazing feeling, to say the least.
1: Definitely. Puts a smile on my face every time.
0: Yes. All right, so let's talk about product packaging. And um, l- like we've been saying, you know, the, the, obviously the modern vintage collection packaging um, is is an evolution from what came from Kenner back in 78, you know, through the, uh, the early 80s. Um, every different Star Wars toy line, every any franchise really that does toys, uh, has, focuses on packaging to some extent. And, you know, as you've noted, in particular the vintage collection is, is so important because it, it is something that is recreated from the past uh why else do you think this packaging is in particular compared to other star wars lines is so important
1: well i i think the the full color photo it's just it it's so appealing uh to have that full color color you know quote unquote film out as they're calling it now um on the packaging is just draws the eye and then you have you know those vibrant mostly primary color name pills and figure surrounds it, it would again hats off to that little toy company in cincinnati they perfected something they found magic with that uh and it just to me it just it's just so striking when you see that um it, it, my second favorite packaging ever of any toy line was the original trilogy collection which was basically hasbro's first attempt at uh recreating the vintage packaging yeah. so there's there's just something about that combination of the you know you have the 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 black card with the with the um the racetrack around it that frames that full color photo from the movie and again as a kid too you know you everybody would keep them just so you, you know you couldn't watch the movie but you could look at your vintage collection card and remember that scene from the movie uh so that that that's what makes it special to me in addition to the nostalgia
0: yeah i know Well said um, yeah, I, I love what they did with the original trilogy collection. Cause like you said, it's a marriage of like old and new. It's right. like the silhouette of the packaging was basically like the saga packaging they had been doing around that time. And, but it was based, you know, clearly on the vintage aesthetic, you know, with the star Wars, uh, lettering racetrack and, uh, but instead of a character photo, this time they were going for background photos, right. Um, to kind of set the mood for the figure. Uh, and I think that worked out really well when they did that.
1: And, and, and another thing you said, the, uh, It's sort of a segue off of that, if if I may. Um, You you said, you know, this is the modern vintage collection is an evolution of what Kenner was doing. Um, And I think that's a a good word, evolution, because I know there's a lot of um, collectors that want to see um, faultless replicas of the cards from... The when they, when there when there is that crossover uh-huh. um, with with the vintage Kenner line, um, and I'm of the take that obviously modern vintage is an oxymoron. Uh, you can't have modern vintage. <laughs> um, so and and Hasbro has clearly struggled with with what the rules the laws of this modern vintage universe is over time. You know sometimes they think they're beholden to the Kenner product and sometimes they go out on their own. I, I think the rule is is pretty simple to me. It should be keep what was perfect and perfect the mistakes um from the past. So I'm okay when they keep evolving the card. You know, even when there was a vintage um counterpart to it, I'm okay when they keep evolving the card. We saw that with um, you know, VC uh uh vc70 Ponda baba they got rid of that airbrushed photo and went with a film out i think that looks better uh, so i'm okay with them not matching step for step and evolving the uh the vintage kenner line uh-huh. uh, and i know this has come up um recently with the uh boba fett that was recently revealed on the desert card uh, a lot of people are pointing out that um Boba Fett should have a yellow pill and a yellow figure background mm-hmm. on that card. And the one, the, the digital uh, uh, example they showed had the orange background, which is kind of the standard Boba Fett color. I happen to think the orange looks better myself. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I just think the contrast and it's a better better overall aesthetic. I think the orange works better on that card. So I wouldn't be upset if they didn't correct it to the yellow. Again, to try to keep perfecting what, what Kenner did back in the day.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at the Boba Fett Picture and I kind of feel like uh, comparing them. I think the orange does look like it contrasts a little bit better. I think I agree with that.
1: Um, but you remember we, we actually had a conversation when it happened or talked talked via you know comments. Uh, you remember the original um, digital rendering of the sailbar jackface card.
0: Right. It
1: had the it had the red it had the tri logo red pill in um, figure background. And you and I were both. Where's the hot pink? That's what made. The power of the force to yak face so iconic to me was that hot pink pill right. and and figures around and they eventually corrected to that so i'm wondering if hasbro will also eventually correct the desert card to the yellow boba fett pill in background and i think um there's there's bound to be somebody that's uh, more of an expert on this i think that's the only example in the vintage kenner line where there was an alternate card and they significantly, significantly changed the color of the pill. Uh-huh. I think all the other ones kind of within a shade or two, you know, matched the original counterpart.
0: Yeah, that that's interesting. And you bring up a good point. Um, and I, I don't know quite where I find myself. You know, I, I kind of feel like sometimes I think it's good for them to, you, you know, they're obviously recreating elements of the packaging. So to me, I kind of feel like, well, maybe they should stick completely to that and, you know, just bring it back as it was. But then part of me agrees with you as well. Um, you know, should they try and and perfect what they had, you know, started doing back then. And it's it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean obviously the figure is is brand new. It's it's a highly detailed, super articulated figure. It's not it it, that that in itself is an update of the older figure. So I mean I in that sense I kind of tend to agree with you. I think that, you know, if they're gonna update the figure, then you know, why not perfect the packaging a little bit better
1: and i'll give you another one if we can keep along these lines if you don't mind so and i know this is one that hasbro is struggling with a bit um and it's a big original 96 gap right now especially with a product that just came out is the uh, bespin security guard so the 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 one that's referred to as the mustachioed bespin guard which has never been released at all in the modern line it's along Uh with the horseshoe mustache that's the vintage kenner um Bestman guard, one of the vintage Kenner Bestman guards. Well, the the character with that horseshoe mustache is a character called Helder Spinoza. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But the film out, the the picture, the character uh, on the card is uh, another another uh, Bestman security guard called Pedar Sol- 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 Solardo, Sold I believe his name is pronounced, mm-hmm. and he has a beard. He has a beard. So, what does Kenner do when they get to that? Do they do they release the do they, they release a product where the, the where the character the figure in the uh, card art don't match to match what happened in the Kenner days, or do they correct it? Huh. So you always run into these questions when you try to have a you know a modern vintage line right. uh, like that. Now, if we look at um, the uh, Echo VC sixty eight the Rebel Soldier, um, they corrected the the character card because the vintage Kenner uh, figure came with the standard Hoth trooper. Um, on the card for the for the, for that the equivalent of the of the Echo Base Trooper, they corrected it to the correct character. So they are always fixing those mistakes along the line. So I do think the precedent is set on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's um I think this is kind of one of those things where depending on who you ask, you know, everybody might have different feelings about it are times like you're explaining here where, where you know it makes sense that you know you would need to to make some adjustments in order to to make it more to make it make sense i guess
1: and and i think there's a place for both too uh where you could do winks to those mistakes via convention exclusives which they did with mm-hmm. the forlome and zuckus uh name change uh set that they did for celebration so you could, you could can honor everything uh and just do that i think that i think that does make a perfect use of convention exclusives to, to make winks to those vintage mistakes that were made that way. Uh, I think that's a good use of it. I, I, you, you remember when, um, right when vintage collection came off, this uh, it was already starting with the, do we match the original or do we evolve a little bit? Because, um, woof, uh, VC24, uh, mm-hmm. that was Klaatu on the name pill. Back in back in the vintage era, but right. obviously over the years, the Clatu became a species, and he became a named character. So mm-hmm. even back then, people were saying, "Wait a minute, this doesn't match what was originally on the vintage Kenner card." So we've been dealing with this almost from the inception of the vintage collection.
0: Right. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about because I mean I think sometimes you just kind of think, oh, the vintage collection, you expect that they're just going to recreate what was already done and when they don't do that you're like hey why didn't they do this but sometimes if you look at it a little bit it kind of makes sense like in in that case or yeah when you look at characters that previously were only a species or you know they just had a nickname right. like hammerhead it's like okay well yeah that's hammerhead yes but now it's also mumon
1: right long story short is i i personally w- however they continue to evolve it i'm i'm growing with them even though i'm a you know a vintage era kid i i, I appreciate the you know, evolving the, the look and the, and the cards a little bit.
0: You know, if there were an opportunity to pick their brains on, on this sort of thing, I, I'd love to hear, you know, like the reasoning behind, you know, why they chose certain ways to, to change the packaging, you know, here and there, rather than, you know, straightly adapt it.
1: Um, I, I, I have to imagine some of it's that they don't have the assets. Strictly straight up, they don't have the assets to from the original packaging. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the answer um, yeah,
0: yeah. on that.
1: And, so, and some of those original assets are, uh, you know, have been very hard to uh, track down uh, that Kenner used. Um, so that could be part of it. I do know from you know my amateur attempts at mocking up cards, uh, vintage cards. It's a hard it's a hard uh, thing to find something because if you look at the card, the the subject is actually off centered, and they need some space above and to, uh, from our perspective, to the left of the character. That's a hard thing to find. It's actually a hard thing to find, and you do have to do a lot of photoshopping to com- sort of complete the background. Because typically, when, uh-huh. when you when you you know you find a good shot of a character, they're centered, you know, uh, without a lot of space off to the side, which the vintage card needs. It's one of right? those fun- one of those funny things you don't appreciate till you try to to do it yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that. Uh, I hear you on that. I've 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 made a few attempts to customizing my own like you know, figures or characters that haven't been made before Mm -hmm. in in the vintage line. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. And I think, you know, I have a little more respect for when they sometimes don't use photo stills uh, in (laughs) in certain instances, you know, they do their own thing Um, because if you're using a photo still or, you know, from the film, a film still um, it, uh, it, you know, it doesn't always line up very well. So, I mean, there's certainly, I can see the reasoning for, for making some changes and, uh, for doing their own thing even though you might think well why don't they just use the movie but you know sometimes it does make sense
1: like i said you'd be surprised how many times you don't have enough the the, the, the character's head on the card is actually pretty low in the picture you'd be surprised how many if you're just using a film uh, uh, still from the film how many good shots of a character do not have enough material above the character to actually put onto a vintage card
0: Right, right. Especially with the newer films, I kind of wonder like do they not think of the vintage collection when they're making these movies? And take extra pictures. But
1: well, if I was being a cynical vintage collector, collection collector right now, I'd say nobody thinks of the vintage collection right now. <laughs>
0: um yeah, no interesting yeah, no, it's all interesting. Um I mean, no matter what, though. I mean, I I I feel like, you know, when you see these hung on your wall, it's just like, you know, whether they make some changes or don't. I mean, they just look stunning. I mean, there's Even even if they do go and make some alterations, you know, it's still going to look like a vintage collection figure in in most cases. So, you know, we can we can nitpick, but, you know, at least we're getting these things. And I think that's oftentimes pretty awesome.
1: Yes, I agree. And like you said, it doesn't matter. They look great. Lined up on on the wall, grouped by movie. They look great.
0: Totally. Uh, So let's talk bubble sizes. Oh, yes. (laughs) What's going on with bubble sizes lately?
1: Um... So I know this is a big controversy, and uh, you, especially when it first came back, because they, everything had that wider bubble, um, which was eating up the the car, the film out on on the card. Um, and now they went back to the on some figures are going back to the narrow coffin bubble, which for a lot of us also has the cost that they can't pack in a lot of accessories. That's the cost of that. But I know the chariot that just came out has a pretty wide uh, bubble, yes. pro- presumably for you know he needs he had a lot of accessories, so. I'm guessing that's the thinking behind it is, is the size of the bubbles dependent on the accessory uh-huh. loadout right now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because on a lot of the figures that were done between 2010 and like 2013, you know, they have a much more slender bubble. The figures right. are holding their accessories. Right. Um, a lot of the newer ones that they're packaging them on the side and I think that's taking up some of the space. Um, have, anything that you've heard as far as, you know, why they're taking that approach rather than just handing them to the figures and keeping the bubbles a little smaller?
1: I haven't. Um, I haven't heard anything directly from Hasbro on why they're doing that. Um, I could take a guess is that it's a it's a marketing reasoning to better highlight the accessories in the package. That that would be my guess that they're doing that. Um, don't know if it works or not, but that would be my guess. It's
0: like when you look at them side by side, though, it's quite a difference. I mean, the size, like… I uh, I really wish that they could find uh, maybe something to, to keep it a little more consistent because I love seeing like the big picture of the character and then the figure and when you eat up some of that space you know that that occupies you know where the where the photo is at it just kind of. I don't know, it doesn't seem... It, it Obviously, they all look great, but uh, it, it is something notable when you look at them side by side.
1: Especially when you you, if you look at the characters that really demanded a bigger bubble, like uh, Yak Face recently and uh, General Grievous. They do kind of look a little odd where the, the figure is taking up such a big portion of the presentation.
0: Right. Yeah, totally. But even like c 3 doesn't have any accessories. It's like, what's his excuse? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's yeah. a star. He's a star. He needs a big trailer.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. No. It's 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 interesting. Um, but I do appreciate you know some of them that they've kind of nodded to the to the Kenner packaging where you know they have like Leia Bush's like helmet like above her and um, same with Lando and his Skiff guard outfit how they put the helmet they, they make the bubble a little bit bigger to accommodate the the helmet portion.
1: Oh, I I, I did. It. I I absolutely love that because that was you know going back to when I was a kid the removable helmets were an oh my God moment, you know, up to that point, you know, you, you didn't have it. And then to actually have that little bit of interaction uh, with the figure to me as a kid was amazing. Uh, that's why that Leia figure in, and, and uh, Lando figure are two of my favorites from the vintage era.
0: Yeah. That, that's always a fun, you know, play element. Uh, I remember, I think it was maybe like 97 or 98. I remember being at target or somewhere, um, you know, looking at, you know, looking for power of the force, two figures. And I heard a couple of collectors, like a couple of gentlemen that were talking about Darth Vader with removable helmet. And I was right. thinking like, what, that's not a thing. Like, what are they talking about? There's only one Darth Vader in this line. And, you know, at that point, and I was like, what are you know, what, what are they talking about? But, you know, I didn't, I didn't talk to them or anything. I was just like listening. And, um, I think it was maybe several months later in Toy Fair magazine, I saw a picture of Darth Vader with removable helmet. And I was like, Oh, that's what they were talking about.
1: That was such a, that was such an amazing figure at the time too. I remember yes. it, that was one of the, uh, you, I always joke around about this hobby. You know, does it bring me pleasure or pain? Uh, and there's been a few figures that where I've been so nervous about acquiring them that it bring, brings me pain. And I was nervous about acquiring that figure. Um, the, the fan club allowed you to order two, I think, uh, uh-huh. in, in advance. And then I hunted it down. And, of course, it, it was so simple to find. I, you could find dozens of them eventually.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, it was a cool figure at the time. And I think it had a little, like, like sticker, right? It said, like, it was detachable hand also. Right,
1: yes, which which became a de facto point of articulation, which was great, because the uh, the Luke Bestman at the time also had the detachable hand. So you <laughs> actually had the, the two swordsmen that had a little extra articulation, so they didn't have to do the five POA, poke each other with their lightsabers, gestures.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh you know that always kind of bothered me on like the newer saga legends figures it's like it's such a simple thing just make the 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 wrist rotatable and then you know you can suddenly it goes from kind of a lousy-ish figure to being you know not so lousy a figure if it can at least rotate its lightsaber that makes it so much better
1: i i i that that is something that i've brought up directly to hasbro is you know when they if they're limiting articulation which hopefully they don't do too often if they're doing that the arms are so important you know if you get if you have a somewhat neutral stance um that's probably what you're going to pose your figure in nine times out of ten anyway but the even with the, they have rifles or lightsabers sticking them straight out it just you know breaks the fantasy of your display you know you know it, it's not realistic at all so even a, a little uh, extra articulation in the arms or a little preposing where they could hold things a little more right. naturally. Um, of course, we're talking about a supposedly um, dead product line, the 5POA three and three-quarter so, inch. It? <laughs> yeah, and it keeps saying it's dead. and yeah, It keeps coming back.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think a good example of one time that they did that pretty well was uh, with the Galaxy of Adventures. The little tubes that they were doing, the Stormtrooper that they yes. released, it was already preposed holding his blaster. and That one actually looks quite good. Like if you fit him in with the uh, the Rogue One Stormtrooper, he actually looks pretty decent with him. He fits in.
1: Exactly, exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not jarring to have that in your collection. Um, you know, whereas the um, the commandos from rogue one you know you, we have, we're getting all these great super articulated figures from rogue one now and the commandos all have to stick their rifles straight <laughs> straight out to fight
0: <laughs> yeah well, that's te- definitely a good thing um why do you think so many rogue one figures have the same shade of avocado green name pill and background
1: i have no idea i and you know what's funny is i didn't even notice it until it was brought it was brought up recently when, when Chirrut came out that they all have, have that green that green pill. I have no idea why that is. I don't know if it's intentional or it's just one of those things where um you know they probably they probably have some sort of metrics to determine what offers the best you know contrast to the to the figures. Um you know I think um Tim who you had on in the first episode pointed out that the um the pretty much in the the Kenner error the Death Star gunner had a yellow pill in the background. And if you uh, look at Darth Vader, the, he always had a yellow pill in background. So it seemed like that was always the standard contrast to a you know a, 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 a character wearing an all-black costume. But then they went to the green. And if you look at it, it really doesn't contrast that well. So I really don't know why they're going with this a- across the board for yeah. Rogue One.
0: Yeah, it's strange. I kind of thought at first maybe they were doing like what they're doing with Black Series, where they're kind of color-coding all the same films. Um, but... I mean, that doesn't work for vintage, obviously, because, you know, if you go back and look at what Kenner did, they didn't they didn't like always keep it like, you know, Luke was on different colors over time. Right. You know, Leia, Han. So but, you know, why are they all green from Rogue One? I don't know. It's just really strange and uh, I don't know. That was actually one of my questions. I wanted to ask them when they're supposed to have their Q and A a couple of weeks ago, and then they postponed it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 weird, and you know, I don't think Kenner would have done that. So, you know, that that kind of bugs me a little bit, just seeing them all green. Because if you have them all together on on the wall or wherever, you know, they're all green, and it just right. It it you know it it kind of disturbs me a little bit. Yeah,
1: and it, it as you're saying, it's counter to the vintage Kenner line where it was more of a you know a rainbow effect when you had your figures displayed right. even with with the other ones you, you have that rainbow effect I, yeah. it's it's got to be something where I'm telling you it's got to be something if they if they answer it where that decision is somehow taken out of the designer's hands where they have some color wheels and everything and it tells them what the pill color is supposed to be I, I bet that's something like that you know obviously the that's why the vintage Kenner line was so great another reason it was it was more art you know it was just that whoever was designing it, we had made the decision what offers the best contrast and the best contrast to the to the, the to the photo and to the figure itself.
0: And uh, oftentimes when you look at like some of the other like the prequel figures or the sequel figures that come in a vintage collection, it seems like they oftentimes try and copy a little bit of what Kenner did in terms of designating certain colors of certain characters. Yes.
1: So uh, specifically um, Kylo Ren had the yellow. So he had the uh-huh. you know kind of continuing that theme and I believe Ray Jaku she had the orange correct from yes. uh, which w- which would have been the Luke uh tattooing the the desert Luke uh, had that that orange pill in color so yeah I definitely noticed that and o- obviously yeah. the uh the first Order stormtrooper had the red pill um that the stormtrooper did
0: right even like the prequel figures like Anakin uh, the peasant was on orange right and, you know I think right. they're just trying to do those little you know like nods too. You know, oh, this is the the current or this is the equivalent of this character from the original. So, you know, we should associate this color right. with that character. Certain colors haven't um quite come back too largely. And uh for example, you mentioned the pink. Uh that was on uh the Power of the Force Yak face. It was yes. on the Power Power Droid, which uh, you know, recently got again Fantastic Power Droid, uh has that same color because the Kenner figure had that color.
1: Right. Lumot, I believe, had the hot pink. By the way, I think that's a third one. Yes. Um, at the end, uh, yeah. had it. So they've used, they've gone gone with that one a couple times.
0: But what I've kind of noticed is they're not using some of these colors on new figures, new characters that are that are introduced. Like they haven't done like the teal that you see on the Death Squad Commander either.
1: Right. Uh, they haven't done the teal, and um, for Leia Bespin, um, that was a kind of a teal. Um, in the vintage counter line, they went to more of a standard blue when they did that in the vintage collection uh, on that one. Um, But yeah, I definitely, I I noticed that the the Lea Bespin teal hasn't been brought back um, for that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I'd really love to sit down with them and kind of say, you know, just kind of explore it, you know, understand a little bit more of, because, you know, I mean, it's all good either way, right? But, you know, just to kind of hear their logic behind how they make these decisions, I think would be a pretty interesting thing to discuss
1: and I believe uh, because I did talk to Hazcon in um, was that 2017 I think that was late 2017 when they did Hazcon I did talk to some of the designers on the floor um, and they have a challenging job they do have a challenging job uh, you know especially if they're using sort of film cells uh, from um, Empire, they have to do a lot of color correction to get the blue out sometimes um, mm-hmm. on, on that stuff. But um, I think everything has to be approved by LFL. So that's another layer to this. Um, I think uh, LFL has final approval on the product yeah. packaging. I
0: yeah, know that makes sense. So, yeah, there's so many differences uh, uh, in some of these cases and so many things that are you know directly the same. So, I mean, you know, lots of elements that go into the packaging. You know, it's it's a secondary piece of you know what you're purchasing for a lot of people you know obviously a lot of people are buying to get the figure but you know there's obviously an art to it you know we don't know the full details you know how those decisions are made these days but um you know it's certainly a nice for vintage collection to be back in stores to be back online and for us to be getting new figures you know obviously we'd love to see more of them we'd love to see new characters we'd love to see you know characters were done in the Kenner days come back you know that way they can finally finish those up
1: yeah we need those original 96s
0: so yeah, good stuff, um, Chris. So tell me a little bit about what's going on with the uh, the petition. We haven't uh, caught up with that in in a little bit.
1: So it it's still accumulating signatures, um, slowly but surely. So I I haven't uh, declared victory on the petition yet. Uh, I, I I think in time, you know, it potentially could get to that ten thousand mark. It's around eighty five hundred, just short of eighty five hundred right now. Um but one thing I wanted to say about the petition and I think in the broader community uh that was misunderstood, and you're obviously you were obviously a, a foundational member of 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 the petition, but um one thing we did, we asked for was just more. We we didn't put specifics on it. Um and that was met with some consternation from some people in the community saying we need to you know sp- ask for a specific product. Um but my feeling was that there's so many just core characters in dire need of update, so many principal characters from new media that are missing from the vintage collection that really all we did need was more um and i feel like the boba fett that was recently announced is, pr- is proof of that i'm not saying the petition influenced that because i don't think it could have that would have been planned well in advance but that's the exact type of figure that i think the the petition was designed to just get more of into the line these are hi- highly in demand across the board of, of collectors um New collectors, long-standing collectors, um, and there's a lot of them. There's the Episode 5, Lando. There's obviously Episode 6, Emperor Palpatine. There's Episode 4, Luke and Leia. Um, and we saw how the Stormtrooper's doing it, doing it retail. That was another one that, that previously needed to be done. We see how that's doing it retail. Nobody can keep it in stock. Um, so I, I think... That was the intent of the more. And, and there's, there's many more. I just rattled off the OT ones. Obviously, we're missing a host of figures from the sequel trilogy. Uh, even Rogue One um, hasn't been completed. Solo's basically been forgotten. Um, and now we have the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian. We just need more slots. And so I think that Boba Fett figure was exactly the purpose of the um, petition. Again, not saying the petition influenced that, but that was exactly the purpose uh-huh. of it.
0: You know, it was a hugely important thing, you know, and it was very well organized. I hope it continues. Those numbers continue to grow. I mean, I always I always say, you know, if, if each person that, you know, looked at this website or subscribed to this YouTube channel or subscribed or, you know, was following this Instagram account took just a couple of minutes to, to sign. I mean, you know, imagine how how high these numbers could get on a petition <laughs> I, like that.
1: I, I know it would have, it would have gone to 10,000 pretty quickly. Uh, it is a weird thing about petitions where you, you do have some um, participation resistance. Uh, but I've been led to believe by people that use them for research that they understand that and they will um, extrapolate from the numbers and realize that it likely represents a much larger uh, potential customer base so that even at 8,500 it's a it's a really good number that we got.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And it's, you know, obviously it's the most successful campaign of its kind that's been done for bringing back, you know, more focus to vintage collection. And uh, yeah, if anybody's listening that hasn't yet signed the petition, you know, please get on that. I'll include a link down in the show notes um check that out sign it you know bring your support to the vintage collection Uh, obviously like chris is saying you know we want to get more products and i think you know a good way to do that is to bring more awareness to how important this line is and how much you know we'd potentially be willing to spend on this toy line if there were more products to buy so you know please please sign
1: absolutely please sign
0: well chris hey it's been a pleasure as always you know you've been on cantina chatter a few times in the past and uh, you know it's your first time on the vintage collection podcast and uh, i'm sure we'll be hearing from you again soon
1: Appreciate it. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, Chris, where else can our listeners go to find you online?
1: Uh, the best spot would be the website, which is Um The second best place to uh, reach us would be on social media, um, especially Twitter. And on Twitter, it's BanthaSkull.com, one word. Um, somebody already had the BanthaSkull account, so it's BanthaSkull.com, and you will see the... Uh, our icon for that, our avatar for that, is the classic um, uh, Kenner Starburst uh, fed offer with a Bantha skull inside of it, or actually uh, a mythosaur skull <laughs> inside of it. I <laughs> but, won't say anything, but it was a Bantha skull <laughs> back, back back then. Um, you know, we're old guys. We're paying we're paying tribute <laughs> to the to, to the era, so it has the mythosaur skull um, in the starburst uh, logo. Uh, we're on Facebook as well and uh, on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Well, Chris. Hey, as always, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: now on to a different topic of conversation, Uh, the vintage collection is filled with many great things. However, it's still lacking a few things, uh, namely characters that are in dire need of updates uh, from previous Hasbro Star Wars toy lines. So uh, we're going to be talking about that in this next segment here. Uh, To help me do that, I have Tyler, who is the co-founder of the SWTVC page on Instagram. Tyler, how are you doing?
2: i'm doing well thanks for having me on
0: yeah of course um i've been looking forward to talking about uh this topic so uh before we do that though i want to hear a little bit about uh, the SWTVC page so tell us a little bit about what you do through instagram
2: sure so um myself and a couple of my cohorts uh carlo and evan um have decided to build a instagram page that is going to try to be the equivalent eventually of uh the black series community on instagram which is huge it's absolutely huge yes. there's um i think they have something like 140,000 followers uh we're not there yet <laughs> we're not anywhere near there yet but we have seen pretty explosive growth over the past um just month um and there really is no unified three and three quarter inch um community on instagram uh-huh. so we are seeking to to be that community um uh with a special focus on the vintage collection
0: no i love that i love that that's uh you know filling a need that doesn't exist that's kind of one of the things i was hoping to accomplish with this podcast um you know there's there are plenty of podcasts that talk about star wars toys uh, none of them focus quite solely on the vintage collection and um you know my goal was to put together um a team uh, as I told you earlier, sort of an Avengers of uh, Star Wars Vintage Collection enthusiasts. And, um, yeah, having you on board to talk about this topic that's, you know, all so near and dear to our hearts, I think, is uh, to our benefit. So thank you very much for joining me today.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your history with the Vintage Collection and what it means to you. So uh,
2: what it means to me is, without a doubt, um, the pinnacle of the 3.75 you know collecting um quality packaging um just the whole package really um i think it's it's a great um callback to the originals uh i wasn't quite born uh in the 80s i was born in 90 but um i grew up collecting from my earliest memories i've been a star wars fan and collector i've been Uh, buying three and three quarter inch figures since the 90s. I started with the the He-Man style Power of the Force figures all the way up through um, the Legacy Collection and the Vintage Collection. Um, There was a period where I had to stop collecting for, unfortunately, some of the best years. Uh, But I'm playing catch-up now, and it's a lot of fun. It's
0: a lot of fun. Yeah, thankfully we have things like eBay. Uh, You know, sometimes things are expensive, but, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to own some of that stuff that we may have missed out on.
2: Oh yes. Gosh, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive,
0: but uh but that expensive lifesaver, but yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I want to talk a little bit about figures in the vintage collection that uh aren't in the vintage collection or or at least that haven't been uh since two thousand ten, that, you know, absolutely need to be in it. They're they're great heritage characters. Uh they're figures that are that maybe already exist in previous Hasbro lines that are sorely in need of updates. So, uh, we're going to do three and three. I'm going to start with my three and then, uh, we'll go over your three. So we'll, we'll alternate. I'll do one. You'll do the next one. And, um, yeah, let's see what we have on our lists. What do you say?
2: Sounds good. Let's do it. All
0: right. So I'll give you the honors. My first pick
2: would be, uh, return of the Jedi uh, return of the Jedi, Emperor Palpatine. um, and that would also knock out one of the original ninety-six. Um, uh-huh. I think I think the community would go absolutely wild for that. Um, there's never been quite a definitive, uh, perfect release, but I think the time is right now, yes, uh, where they can get it just right finally.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is a surprising one to me. I mean, Palpatine, obviously, one of the, the main villains of the original trilogy and the entire saga, really. Um, yes. So, if not the main villain. So, it's, it's kind of surprising that they haven't tackled the classic Emperor Palpatine version from Return of the Jedi in the Vintage Collection. I mean, we've gotten um, several from the prequel trilogy. Um, but we've never gotten Emperor Palpatine. And that is a huge... That is a like a like a glaring omission from the line. And I think that's a great pick. I think that's something that, uh, you know, people would be stoked to hear announced and uh, that, you know, we absolutely need.
2: Yes, absolutely. I think um, they've gotten close. I think um, in a lot of people's minds, uh, the recent 5POA uh, Force Link Palpatine is probably the best Likeness that is available. But I actually have a preference for soft goods um, because it's just more realistic and they look better. Um, But I know a lot of people would criticize that and say, no, no, they never get soft goods right. (laughs) I have to disagree, though, because um, the recent uh, Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Palace, Luke Skywalker, um, the hood on that soft goods cloak is perfect i mean it Uh drapes perfectly it looks perfect i think they really now is the time where they could finally get his hood right get his sleeves right really nail a cloak for him yeah Uh, and they have photo reel so they could do an awesome job with his face with his sith eyes you know articulation the whole shebang
0: yeah no uh i completely agree um I don't know that i would personally want to see the soft goods uh, i'm happy that you're enthusiastic about it but um uh I, i'm a fan of that five poa uh, uh force link palpatine i think it looks gorgeous i think the the texture on the robes are very nicely done i'm not so sure that they could accomplish that level of texturing on soft goods that's a fair point um but if they can if they can you know i'd, I'd love to see it um but uh yeah i mean if, if they took that figure like you said it's got a great likeness. Uh, the hood, the way it drapes, you know, sculpted hood, the way it drapes around the figure is, is pretty close to perfect, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, if they could take that and just make it super articulated, I that's what I would love to see. But, yeah, I mean, if they could find a way to do the soft goods justice for the first time ever on that figure, I think that'd be just as cool.
2: Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking that um, everyone wants a new throne chair. The last, well, actually, I think the only time they've ever released... His throne chair um, was in Power of the Force, wasn't it? Or was it Power of the Jedi? Power the scene, of the Force. Power of the Force, right. With um, Palpatine sitting in the chair and Vader and Luke. And it was kind of like this three-pack.
0: Final Jedi duel.
2: Yes, yes. Final Jedi duel. Um, they haven't released a throne chair since then. And everybody no. wants to make a throne <laughs> chair. It's actually too small for like any of the modern figures to, tr- to even fit in.
0: Yeah. So, that should be like the next, uh, you know, they've done the Jabba's playset. They've done the uh, carbon freezing chamber, the Tana V Force coming next year. I think that's that's a good candidate for one of those modular play sets that they could also do.
2: Yes, I think that would be a very strong seller. People have been asking for the throne room for years. So I if they did yeah. that right, I think that, that would be, yeah, very strong seller.
0: Totally. So I'm going to go over the first one that I have on my list. Um, Some of my picks are kind of obvious, but they're, you know, it's like it's like what we're saying with Emperor Palpatine. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but it's something that hasn't actually been properly done or done at all really in Vintage collections. So um, the the first pick that I have on my list is uh, Princess Leia Organa in her classic white A New Hope gown. Yes. Um, The last one that we had was 2004. That's like... I'm not a math person. but That's almost 20 years ago <laughs> um, that it, it's, it's not a terrible figure for 2004. It was actually pretty darn good. But, you know, all these years later, it, it almost I mean, maybe it doesn't quite surprise me, you know, considering that there are several that haven't been updated. But it kind of surprises me a little bit that such a classic beloved main character hasn't been given or due in this classic, you know, heritage scale action figure line, the vintage collection.
2: I couldn't agree more. Um it's an extremely iconic look for her um from the original film. I mean the film that started it all. Uh I have the figure on the shelf behind me in my in my Rebel faction collection and um yeah, she really deserves and and desperately needs an update.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like a lot of these main characters you know they, they've been tackling them like some of their secondary like looks like uh you know i was just talking to tim from uh bosk's bounty we we're talking about the repaint wave that's coming out with uh, anakin in his the, the outfit that he wore for like two minutes of attacking <sighs> phones yeah uh, they've done that pretty well with a lot of these classic trilogy characters as well um but going back like to the original original releases they haven't really done a great job of renewing those those versions so uh, I really think they need to, you know, focus a little bit on that as well. You know, just pepper them into the line here and there. But, you know, like Palpatine, Leia, they really need updates.
2: I agree. It, it When you look at the vintage collection and the the versions or the costumes of, of certain characters, it is kind of perplexing when you notice that probably their most iconic looks uh, that they're most known for are actually missing. <laughs> and uh-huh. Palpatine is one of those examples Leia is one of those examples and Anakin is one of those examples as well because his attack of the clones look in his you know uh, dark brown and, and black tunic is missing yeah um, which is but then you have pe- uh, peasant Anakin which it's just strange <laughs> yeah that that made it into the line first but I mean I'm not complaining it's a great figure but
0: yeah no just just the choices are curious yes. um, so what's the second one that you have on your list
2: the second one on my list is uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. I think that he is a very popular character, um, especially when you look at the fact that they have, and actually he's been brought back into canon. But they have included a lot of expanded universe figures in the original run of the Vintage Collection, but. Uh, Again, perplexingly, probably the most famous expanded universe character, Grand Admiral Thrawn, is missing. Uh Um, And I think, you know, the Black Series got a fantastic Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. Um, I'm so jealous, jealous of that figure, man. Oh, he's uh, he's amazing. Ah, Beautiful figure. I, I do think that that would be a fantastic addition to the line that a lot of people would be very, very happy about.
0: Yeah, that feels like an obvious one, um, also, because, you know, he's not a character, like you said, that's appeared in the films, but he has played a heavy role in the expanded universe, especially early on, uh, the Thrawn trilogy. Yes. Yes. Um, He's been featured. Yeah, he's been heavily featured in Rebels. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, I mean, I think a lot of Star Wars fans, whether or not they're familiar with things outside the movies, uh, seem to know about Thrawn. uh, Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, he's been in he's been in every form of Star Wars media except live action. He's been in books, comic books, video games, uh, tabletop games, <laughs> anything, you <laughs> action figures, anything you can think of um, just need to get him in live action.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully that's on the way. Hopefully that's on the way. Like I tell people with the Mandalorian, you know, if if we learned anything from season one, it said anything's possible with characters that can show up.
2: Oh, man, I would love it if Thrawn I've I've actually talked about this, you know, Thrawn showing up to be um, in charge of the remnant and not actually Moff Gideon, um, just like he did in the original EU. I think that would be awesome. An awesome way to bring him back.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, but no, I think that's a good pick um, It's it seems like something that I feel would probably eventually happen, but you know We're not all gonna live forever Hasbro, you know get on these these uh, figures because we really yes. want to throw in a vintage collection
2: Please <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Absolutely, you don't
0: want to be 96 by the time the original 96 get redone.
2: Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> So my number two pick uh, is hammerhead um, th- I think in 2006, the saga collection hammerhead was an astounding figure. And I think to this day, the sculpt certainly holds up. Uh, it's hard to envision them like really advancing the sculpt of that figure. It's it's just a great, one of my favorites in the entire three and three quarter inch line, but he lacks articulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would, I would generally say when it comes to secondary and tertiary characters that they don't often need to be super articulated because you don't see them Doing that kind of thing in in the films. Uh, Hammerhead included, but one of the things that Hammerhead does so well in the original film is sit in a booth. <laughs> uh our vintage or our saga collection figure can't quite do that. So I think this is an opportunity where not only are you revisiting the original 96 and crossing another one of those off the list, but you're also updating what has really become a beloved uh background alien from the Cantina, you know, one of the most classic scenes in the entire saga. Um, so my vote is firmly with Hammerhead for getting his introduction into the vintage collection.
2: I think that's a great choice. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people constantly say that they want to see, uh, more aliens back, come back into the line, um, because they've sort of strayed away from, from that. Uh, People went crazy over the 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 dead Ithorian inside of the cell of the barge Uh, People ate that up. They they loved it. I thought that was a great concept Um, Great little addition to the barge, but yeah, we definitely need a figure that uh, is not dead and can sit at a bar
0: (laughs) Yeah, that might is that our only dead figure we have in uh, in in the vintage collection probably right? I can't think of any the entire Star Wars like modern life. I can't think of any other dead figures.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, this still I know haven't people done have uh, made customs of
0: brew and uh
2: Yeah, <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say yeah. <laughs> that would be very funny.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess technically you could say our spirit of Anakin, spirit of Yoda, they're technically dead, right? So Yes. There's that, but uh no one's ever really gone, of course, so <laughs> Yeah.
2: They could they could make a uh, zombie Palpatine from rise of skywalker and uh he'd technically be dead so
0: yeah 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 that's true he even says it himself um <laughs> so yeah no i think hammerhead like i said i love the 2006 one but you know i think i'd like one that's a little more interactive with my cantina setup on the shelf One that's a little bit more posable. uh and you know one that's on that classic kenner card because that is you know definitely a, a hole in, in the vintage collection currently
2: absolutely absolutely
0: So let's hear about your number three pick.
2: Well, um, I think that the Snow Trooper really needs an update. Um, Some people consider the uh, vintage The Saga Collection Snow Trooper to be sort of good enough to include as a a sort of vintage collection, kind of. Um, In my opinion, though, I, I think... We're about due for an for an update on that. Um that figure's about what, fourteen years old, give or take. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um it's it's such an iconic character. Um and this I was hoping this year that we would see a definitive update to the snow trooper. If if it was gonna happen any year, I would have thought it would happen this year on the on the fortieth anniversary. Um, right. I mean, I know me personally, I would have bought like at least thirty of them. Just just me alone. So yeah, I know I people believe it. Would, would eat, <laughs> people would eat that up. Um, you know, just buy and buy the cases. But I'm still waiting on that one.
0: Yeah, that's actually a – you bring up a good point too. This is the fortieth anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back And it really hasn't gotten a whole lot of love in the vintage collection. Uh, We've had some um, refreshes. You know, we had Luke, we had, um, we had, well, I was going to say Lando, but not really because that's a return of the Jedi Lando. Uh, We've had Han and C-3PO, which C-3PO can technically be from any of those original three films. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, they announced Bespin Leia for... uh, for next year which you know doesn't really count as something for the 40th anniversary I don't think
2: perplexing choices um, and decisions it it, it honestly makes you wonder if they sort of forgot that this was the the 40th anniversary but I don't know they pulled out Slave 1 Uh, that was a nice thing to put back in a lot of people were very happy to get a second chance at Slave 1
0: yeah so
2: I was I I, I mean I got one Um, yeah I did too I'm I'm not sure I needed one because I already had the first one (laughs) but you know gotta support the line right yeah some people told me that too
0: some people said you know i already have that the first one it's like the millennium falcon this year like oh i have the legacy one and to me it's like if something's better about it or you know something's been updated you know it's been modernized a little bit like the falcon you know you can you know if you don't like the dialogue you know that's something that you can turn off and use the classic dialogue but Mm -hmm. the paint was updated uh it now has leds versus the, the old one that had like bulbs so I mean, oh there's, wow! Yeah, there's been change like technological change advances in them as well. So I kind of feel like I tell people like, well, you know, if you already have the original, and you know, these updates are meaningful enough to you, then you know, you could always, you know, I mean, you're not going to lose a ton of money by eBaying your previous versions.
2: Mm-hmm. I so I bought the I don't want to get off on a tangent, but um I bought the the Legacy Falcon earlier this year. Um, thinking they'll never release the, the BMF again, but uh, they did. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. ah, well, <laughs> uh, should have waited to pull the trigger on that one. But you, know, you just never know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, you just never know. I mean, I don't think anybody really realistically thought the Falcon would be coming back anytime soon. Um, but, you know, thankfully they found a way to do it. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have the Falcon. I think I think I might have told you previously that, um, you know, I was actually working at Toys R Us when the original came out. And um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was working at Toys R Us. (laughs) I wasn't like well up or anything. Like I would buy figures here and there. But I mean, I was buying most of the figures at that point in time, but I wasn't really like the expensive vehicles like that was like a $100 or more at the time. And that wasn't something I could easily, I didn't have the space for it either. So Uh, unfortunately i missed out on that it was just something it was like the um the grail the holy grail of all star wars toys that i wanted for years and years you know i've been watching it on ebay for a while and waiting for that right price unfortunately it just goes up and up and up in price and so so this was kind of like a godsend for me for them to uh reissue it somehow into the line so you know it was a perfect opportunity and I, i love when they do things like that
2: i think it was a great choice um i didn't get one but i i definitely salute the decision to to put it back out there because i know there's a lot of very happy people uh that did get one and i'm very happy for them that they they finally got such a great and iconic vehicle added to their collection including you um, happy yeah. for you
0: thank you yeah no i, I haven't opened it yet it's it's Something that takes up a ton of space. I don't quite have a place to display it. yet, So I don't really want to get it set up and not have a place to put it. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for that right opportunity. But um, yeah, that kind of brings me to my last pick. And it ties into what you were saying about Empire's 40th anniversary. And so this character did get released in one of the refresh waves. And I think that they released the version they did. Uh, even though it wasn't based on the Empire Strikes Back because that's probably the only version of it that they had that was more or less up to, you know, modern standards. Uh, and myself and uh, from Bosque Spani were just talking about this and uh, that is Lando Calrissian from the Empire Strikes Back.
2: Mm-hmm. So Excellent choice.
0: Yeah, another one that goes back to 2004 when they did that very first run of the vintage original trilogy collection. And uh, they introduced this character into the line, which, you know, made perfect sense back then. Um, but unfortunately, it hasn't aged well at all, has it?
2: No. And it all the, all it really neat. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like a, a new one from the ground up. Uh, I wouldn't say no to one. I mean, they, they made a, a beautiful um, solo Lando, young young Lando. Yes. But um, it, it just needs uh, ball elbows I mean at the very least and probably does it have does it have ball shoulders or swivel swivel shoulders it has ball shoulders ball shoulders yeah okay so it wouldn't have taken much just to update that and make a lot of people happy and it's just just new arms that's that's all we're asking for
0: yeah that and uh you know if you applied photoreal to the the sculpt's already pretty good on the head I think so if they applied photoreal to that uh even better right. right and um but yeah, no, I, I think it's at this point it's been so long. I mean, just do him from the ground up. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's make the definitive Lando once and for all that way. We never have to bother you about that character again.
2: I think, too, that that now Hasbro, and I could be wrong about this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure now Hasbro considers uh, retools to be new figures, like a new figure slot. So if that's the case, if, if they're going to continue – or if they're going to count, you know, new arms as a quote unquote new figure, then then just, yeah, just make a new figure from the ground up then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I think it'd be really cool. I mean, I think it's uh, I don't know if you had that original one from 2004, but uh, when I say they didn't age well, that's that that's actually quite literally true. Not just in terms of the articulation, but the torsos on many of these Landos yellowed over the years
2: oh that's unfortunate that's yeah really
0: unfortunate. mine is yellow <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's just yeah it's one of those things like and it's interesting because you know we've seen this throughout the years on white plastic like on clones on stormtroopers mm-hmm. but for it to happen on a blue torso is just very strange yeah i
2: so that's actually a gap in my collection uh i know i'm awful that i don't have esb Landa. what is what is wrong with me <laughs> But uh, no, I've I've just genuinely heard from a lot of people that it's a not so great figure anyway. But it is the only, well, the best version that we have available right now. So I should probably pick it up. Yeah. But To hear that yellows like that, I had no idea about that. That's yeah. very unfortunate. You
0: got to be careful for you eBay that one. But uh, they did release a three pack, I think through Target um you know during the vintage collection so i, I think it's it's the same figure but I, I don't i haven't heard that that one has had the same yellowing issues so
2: mm, yeah thankfully maybe that's an option one. yeah yeah i guess I'll, I'll look into that one
0: but uh yeah no these are, i think these are all um great choices i'm sure anybody listening would agree that you know these characters are sorely needed in the vintage collection and um yeah, no. Let us let, let's, let's see what happens. I mean, next opportunity uh, that comes up to uh, t- to introduce a few ideas. Hopefully, they'll be pretty receptive to some of these things if they're not considering them already because you, you've got to think on some level they're considering some of these figures.
2: Gosh I would hope so I know there's going to be some people mad at me that I didn't say uh, Lobot so there there we go I'm saying <laughs> Lobot also honorable mention Lobot I know I get it guys I get it uh, but I got to plug my troopers because those army builders are what, what keeps this line alive
0: so. yeah yeah no, <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh, well um, Tyler do you have any uh, final thoughts before we uh, part ways here?
2: If Hasbro is listening to this, um, you know, we all understand that there's only so many slots for new figures and there's only, uh, so many repacks that can happen every year. And we all understand that there has to be repacks in line. We all get that. I think we all understand that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people say no more repacks, that's not feasible or realistic, but the, the ones that are realistic and understand that there has to be repack to keep the line going and to fund new molds and, and so forth. Um, the biggest thing is engaging with the community um, and asking us or, or paying attention to, there's a wealth of different pages and sites that talk about this would be a good candidate for a repack. And, you know, the community gets buzzing about it. Um, and there are figures that are, specifically mentioned over and over and over again that perplexingly just, <laughs> um, they don't seem to find their way back into the line. Um, yeah. So engaging and listening, uh, is, is key, really key to the line yeah. success and community happiness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said, well said, um, well Tyler, Hey, it's been great. Uh, if our listeners want to look you up online, where can they go?
2: Oh, uh, if they want to look me up online, they can, uh, Go hit up the at SWTVC page on Instagram. That's uh, that's your community for all things 3.75, especially Vintage Collection. Um, so come on over. We'll see you there.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Tyler, it's been a blast. I'm sure that uh, you know in the future we'll talk again about figures that can uh, stand to be updated for the Vintage Collection. I think this is a good start, though. And I uh, look forward to talking about it a little bit more in the future.
2: Yeah, this was fun. Same here.
0: Thank you for listening to the Vintage Collection Podcast. For the latest developments, be sure to visit BanthaSkull.com and follow our contributors via the links in our show notes. You can follow Victoria's Cantina on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For more Star Wars toy collecting content, subscribe to the Victorious Cantina YouTube channel and listen to the Cantina Chatter Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can spare a moment or two, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show. No matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in to the Vintage Collection Podcast. Collect them all and may the forest be with you.